Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you believe that there is more to life than what you see right now and you want to find out more, listen in as her guests share their journey and their extraordinary experiences. Now, here is your host, Rhonda Grant. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show. Sometimes the universe has a way of placing people or obstacles in your path to help guide and direct you on your mission. Listen in as we discover the path my guest has traveled. Has she been inspired by a calling, crafted her journey, or a bit of both? I invite you to embrace the conversation and to use it to help you to recognize if this is happening in your life. Our guest today is Lanell Green, who is a highly accomplished strategic management consultant, executive coach, and global leadership expert who brings a unique perspective shaped by her upbringing in Hawaii. Growing up in Hawaii, known for its rich cultural diversity, has profoundly influenced Linnell's understanding and appreciation for different cultures and the importance of inclusive leadership. Her firsthand experience navigating diverse communities has deepened her insight into the power of cultural diversity and its impact on effective leadership. Join us as Linnell shares her invaluable wisdom on embracing diversity fostering inclusive leadership, and leveraging cultural differences for organizational success. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show, Linnell. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be with you today, Rhonda. It's wonderful to have you on the show. For our audience, uh, let them know a little bit about your background, where you were born, and uh, where you spent a lot of your life. Great. Well, I actually was born in California, but we moved to Hawaii when I was eight. So from fourth grade um, through college, I lived um, in Hawaii, which I love um, living in that diverse cultural um, background, gave me a great background. Um, and then I moved to back to California, this time to Southern California and worked in accounting and finance and until I ultimately transitioned into what I'm doing now. And let the audience know what you are doing. Yeah, great. Well, I am now officially speaking, doing corporate training, facilitating, um, and working on my first official book. Yes, wonderful. Well, I'm very interested in the book that you, you're in work in progress right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, let the listeners know the name and uh, the subtitle of it. Okay, well, the working title is Visionary Discipline. And the subtitle is Mastering Getting Out of Your Own Way. And Beautiful. Rhonda, I must say that I'm my first student of my book. <laughs> well, that's why we write. We learn, yeah, it really is. we write, and we teach from that platform. I love mastering getting out of your own way because it's a phrase that people will say, get out of your own way. But a lot of people, me, myself included, we don't realize how we're in our way. So if we don't know how we're stopping ourselves, we don't know how to overcome that obstacle. Can you talk about that? Sure. 
Well, I find that many times people have these amazing visions, things they want to get done in the world, uh, things they believe that would make a difference or could help people. And they find themselves on the couch or doing other things, watching other shiny objects. And they keep year after year, that vision doesn't get executed. And so we, if what I'm ultimately attempting to achieve is having people look to see when you are stopped or you're procrastinating and you're not doing what you need to do, that you have tools in your toolkit to actually get yourself out of your own way. Because many times people say, get, get out of your own way, but then how? How do you do that? You know, that, that's the mystery, right? It's just I know. The, it's I the know. how of it. Yeah. So there's a couple of angles that, we're, that I'm actually at work on. And I've summarized it this way. That if we're stuck or stopped or we are, we, it doesn't even mean we could be really busy just doing other things other than executing our vision, mm-hmm. that typically it's either something from the past or something from the future or something okay. from the present. Okay. And the reason I put it in that order is because if it's the past, mm-hmm. past failures, things that were said to you, things that have you feel like you can't do it or aren't good enough, aren't there's all of that stuff from the time we were born until now that yes. is sitting there, right? And if we haven't processed it properly, yeah. it can at times hinder us from going forward into executing what we want to execute. And then mm-hmm. depending on how serious that is, we might need to get professional help to work through those past um, issues. It just, we have to be, we have to know ourselves well enough to know, mm-hmm. are we working through it successfully? Or do we need a partner? Um, and, and however that shows up for people to work right. through those past things that are that are stopping us. Um, and then I look at the future because many times we can't see that vision actually executed. Like it just all we see is a big mountain that we need to climb, and mm-hmm. that mountain looks high and hard to, and we have a backpack full of rocks on. Like, how are we gonna do it? But to actually see that future, like in my case, to see the book published to see, you know, the future that I want for myself, give myself permission to envision that and actually start to take steps. And then lastly, in the present, to me, is just, you're either working on getting the past out of the way or you're focused on the future and you're putting in structures to execute what you need to execute to fulfill on that future that you see. Is that helpful? Well, you know what, that is very helpful. And when you say the future, I really love that you put that in there because we sometimes forget to look into the future and visualize our success on the other side, which is waiting on the other side for us. We just have to reach out and get it. And one of the words that uh, continues to be used is manifesting. So is it in line? Are you speaking in line with manifesting? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because I do firmly believe that we have to know we have our hands on the steering wheel and of our life and our destiny. And if we think we don't, then we'll just be a victim of whatever shows up, you know, and just be, you know, kind of floating out with where on the ocean tide, wherever the wind takes us, wherever the waves takes us. And there are people that live that way and God bless them. But I, I believe that we have more power than we give ourselves permission at times. 
And then if we own the fact that we can have our hands on the steering wheel and we can then declare what we want to manifest. And, and actually that's also part of the discipline. Um, when we talk about visionary discipline is having mm-hmm. the discipline to manifest and hold on because many people will start manifesting. And then as soon as things get difficult or they don't think it's looking the way they thought it would look, then they give up. So the discipline to even hold on to what you intend to manifest is also very important. Yes, because a lot of people get to a certain point and then they stop right before success is That's there. right. I'm not sure why that is. Do you know why that is? Well, I have my theory is once again, either past, mm-hmm. present or future, because right. sometimes it's the work. One of the things we sometimes overstep is the fact that to get anything done is it's going to be work. Just like I know with what you do in your you, what the book that you've written and books and, and the, all the, the what you do to share what you believe out in the world, it takes work. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes people just don't want to do the work. Like you talked about posting on LinkedIn, you talk about, you know, speaking and the things that you do out in the world. Sometimes people want the easy way. They don't want to do the work, get up early, stay up yeah. late, do the thing, whatever, take yeah. the time to get quiet. I mean, that was a big piece of of me shifting into when I mm-hmm. to writing because accounting and finance is about doing and grinding things out. So to say <laughs> I'm going to write, then I have to I have to to get the practice, create the practice in my life of having quiet time, and that's a different discipline. It is a different discipline. discipline that I was accustomed to. That's right. It is a different discipline, but not only that, you're using a different side of your brain. Absolutely, it can be painful. That's right. <laughs> right. And yeah. yeah, it can be. And, you know, I think that sometimes people are afraid of success for themselves because they think it might change them, change the people around them. I'm not quite sure. But I find I had a nine to five job that I worked in and I was always looking forward to getting home. I was always looking forward to the weekend. Mm-hmm. I was always looking forward to a vacation. And I really wanted to look forward to working for myself. And so I am excited about getting up in the morning. I get up early because I have so many things that I want to do and want to accomplish in the day. And I think that if you're excited about your life and what you're doing, I think that getting up early is easy. Do you? Yeah, I do. I do. But you bring up a great point, though, and that is that you've you've found what you care about and what excites you. So you have a reason to get up. You're not hitting the snooze button four or five times because you don't want to face the day. (laughs) So I think that's important that people are doing things they love and care about and they're passionate about. And I know sometimes people need to work a job to get to a place where they can actually do that. But I do think to your point, to be aware of that and, and be intentional about manifesting the life that you can live consistent with your passion, consistent with the things you love and the difference you want to make in the world. I think being willing to manifest that and do the work, um, I think are are some of the things that, that we have to focus on to actually have the discipline to execute and to have what we want. And I also think being able to create a future, many times when people say they're stuck, I can ask that simple question, well, what do you see for your future? 
And if they don't see anything, well, then of mm -hmm. course you're stuck. It's like sitting at a stoplight and you're not moving and you don't, the light turns green and you don't know if you want to go straight or left or right. So you're just sitting there with your engine idling. And I think many times in life, that's what people are doing. The light has turned green and mm -hmm. they are sitting there idling because they haven't chosen the route that's best for them and mm -hmm. aren't, or aren't willing to pay the price for that route as well. Mm -hmm. And the other point might be that people just don't know what they should be doing. That's right. They're lost. Yeah. And I mean, I don't mean they're lost in life, but they're lost in a sense that they know what they don't want, but they really don't know what they do want to the point where they'll commit themselves to it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But I do think that, you know, what we talked about a little earlier, being willing to get quiet, I think we can, we can discover what we want, but it takes, that even takes discipline to mm -hmm. slow down, to get yes. quiet and to talk yes. to mentors and talk to people that know you, talk to, you know, have a, a trusted community. I believe we as adults, we need a village as well, right? We it do. takes a village. We <laughs> it do. takes a village. It, it yeah. still takes a village. It still takes a village, but you know what? If you find a mentor uh, to help you, uh, you'll go from zero to 100 very, very quickly. That's and right. you will make the money to pay for that mentor. That's right. And uh, sometimes we want to struggle on our own and we want to listen to other people. And sometimes other people may not have our best interest at heart. Absolutely. And uh, these are one of the things that we talk about on the show sometimes is uh, to help the audiences. Um, if you're thinking about, um, you know, going into a certain field because you love it, keep that love alive. Do your studying, do everything you can to learn as much as you can before you open up your business or whatever you're going to do. One of the things that you said that I really liked was you said your toolkit. And I really like that because mostly we think of uh, construction people have toolkits, right? But we're talking about an emotional toolkit, aren't we? Can you we just can you discuss that? Yeah, well, I, I firmly believe that, first of all, we as human beings, we didn't get a handbook when we got here, right? There's no like yeah. the truth about how to live this journey. Yeah. Um, and even if you believe in reincarnation, you don't know what you're coming back as. So I like to kind of put two bookmarks on this life <laughs> so, so we can look to see like, how can I live my best life? And I yes. think one of the ways that we can build our toolkit is to understand, once again, I'm in my past, present, future, to understand our past. And like for me, for example, I grew up with, there were six of us, three boys, three girls, and my and dad, my was, dad in was military. So I have a tendency, I have to pay attention because I have a tendency to just shut up and march because nobody was asking us, how do you feel? No, you know, it was, <laughs> none of that. I don't think ever in my growing up, that it's my mom, how do you feel about that? Never. That was never that wasn't part of the, the dialogue. No. No. So in my toolkit, I actually have to have in my toolkit to ask myself, how do I feel? What am wow. I sensing? because I have a resistance to it. I will just create a plan and run. So in my toolkit, slowing down and asking myself how I feel or 
to your point, like, what is my gut? What is my intuition? I have to do that consciously because on a left to my own devices, I'm an A-type personality. I yes. want to get as much done today as absolutely possible. And I'm going to run as hard as I can, which to your point earlier, then I'll run past all those quiet voices and the intuition and all of the things that would guide me while yeah. I'm at that fork in the road. I yeah. step over if I'm doing my normal way. So for me, slowing down is one. Another one is I love to learn. So I have to pay attention that I don't use learning as a distraction. So if I'm in five classes, I have three books, I'm listening to an audio thing, I have some other thing going on and I look up and the thing that I wanna get done is not getting done, but my plate is full of all kinds of random. <laughs> oh my goodness. I feel like you know me. <laughs> But, you know, smart people, we kind of are our own, you know, like that's a getting out of your own way because we have an appetite for knowledge and appetite, appetite. For connection and appetite. All of those appetites are all healthy. You know, it's like nobody's getting hurt here. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to have it in our toolkit that if we see that we have so many things going on, is the big thing that we say we want to accomplish, is it getting the time that it right. needs in order to keep moving it down the field, so to speak. And if it's not, then yeah. one, and one of the things in my toolkit is I take an inventory of the things I'm, pre, I'm pretty reliable to do that. Like when I see that I'm, I'm in a class and I'm into this and I'm into that and I'm working on, so I'm like, hold on. You're, number one, you're, you're writing a book. You're working on your TED talk. There's a couple of things that you said you wanted to get done this year. Those should be at the top of the list. So I have to, in my toolkit is an inventory constantly of the things that I'm involved in. And, you know, so the list goes on and on. I think yes. we're all uniquely built. So yes. that toolkit is unique for each yes. one of us. Like I had to spend a lot of time on emotional intelligence. I had to read the book and, and then the second book and do the workbook and do the, because I was so geared towards who cares about how you feel, just do what you need to do. And yes. that would have me step, I wouldn't grieve when things were, you know, if somebody close, passed away. I didn't know how to give myself space to grieve. I right. didn't, you know, there were so many emotional things that I felt I was unavailable. So yeah. it took time for me to develop that. But I also think when you know you're given to be a particular way, you don't have to sign off on that. No. You know, there's knowledge available to us in the world that I went to work on that. So now I can cry at puppy videos and I get you know, like, I'm so tuned down. Maybe I'm the other extreme now <laughs> where I allow myself to be sensitive and I allow love to be present and I allow myself to care profusely. Um, but I developed that. That's in my toolkit as something I went to work on. That's just a small example, but I think all right. of us have our own things that we need to put in there. Yes, but it gives the audience an idea of uh, where to start. And, and one of the things is when you have an insatiable appetite for learning, there's so much available. I'm embarrassed to say how many audiobooks I have on my phone. <laughs> it's people can't believe it. And, and then you tell them, but they go, well, you haven't listened to them. Oh, but I have. <laughs> and sometimes I've listened to them a couple of times. I know that's right. <laughs> right. Like, and when you have it, you have it bad. I mean, that's right. And it's hard to say no and put those things aside so that you can focus on 
well, your book, for instance, That's and right. writing and the discipline that it takes for that. I mean, for some people, it would be a discipline for them to get through a book, right? right. But uh, for you, it's the discipline for your book, because it's it's a little bit painful, because you came from a different type of background. That's so right. your brain is developed differently. That's right. And uh, so just so such great teachings. And one of the things that you talked about is I love is you talked about intuition or getting those messages during the day. Speak to our audience about that and how you listen and pay attention. Yeah, well, I think, you know, we can underestimate how powerful that is and how important it is to pay attention. Um, And when I think about this, it reminds me of a story when I first came from Hawaii and I was in Southern California and I was looking to find out where I wanted to live. So I was actually living with an uncle and just kind of scoping out neighborhoods. And I found this cute little neighborhood. Uh, I love flowers. These roses are all from my my yard. And so I have these amazing roses and um, different types of plants. And so I saw this neighborhood. It seemed like everybody had all these amazing flowers. And so I fell in love with it. And I saw this little fourplex and I went and knocked on the manager's door and I introduced myself and I said, I'd love to live in this building. She said, well, everybody's been here like 17 years, 20 years, nobody's moving. I said, well, can I give you my phone number so that when the person gives notice. She kind of laughed at me. I said that, you know, you call me. And it was maybe three weeks later, I was at church actually. And I was counseling a woman. And when I asked her for her address to fill out the card, she lived on that street. And I said, Oh, Oh. interesting. I said, I, I actually talked to the manager of the building next to yours and told her that I wanted to move into that building. And she laughed at me. And the woman said, you know, my friend lives on the first floor. The manager doesn't know yet, but she's going to give notice because her husband is moving. Uh-huh. And so on the way home from church, I went and rang the manager's doorbell and she said, how did you know? And I told her, and yeah. I, I moved into that apartment until I bought my first condo and I lived there for a few years, but I have story after story yes. like that, where I just was listening. But the part that sometimes people get thrown off by like, how did I have the nerve to go ring the neighbor's door, ring the manager's doorbell and tell yes. her what mm-hmm. I saw? Mm-hmm. That was the part that, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, I, I wouldn't have the nerve to do that. I don't want to make yeah. a fool of myself or whatever. But when those, when those things come, you have to be willing to act. I think that's the part that people get. And it may not make sense. Many times it doesn't make sense no, because it it's not sensical in our no. normal one plus one equals two world. <laughs> Um, it's, <laughs> it's not. So you you learn that even right now, this pivot to write the book and start speaking is all inside of an intuition, like to, to actually stop consulting. And I was doing well consulting and yes. stop doing, I have a tax practice. I'm an, I'm an enrolled agent with the IRS and to start to reel all of that back and, and write the book and start speaking and do a TED talk. Now, logically, none of that makes sense. I'm like, Linnell, your life is going well. You can lead your whole life sitting here. I have clients exactly that I, uh, that I have, co- that I coach all around the world. Literally I'm in yeah. three to five countries every week. So I have this amazing life. And yet I know, like, I know my name that it's time to pivot. And so I'm just, I'm honestly just saying yes to that. 
without any assurances that I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Well, taking action is a big thing for people. They don't want to do it. They go, oh no, I'll bother somebody. They start thinking about the other person instead of themselves. But the thing is, is that you saw the coincidence in you doing that, then seeing that lady, then going back there, and you ended up living there. And I imagine you were very happy there. I was very happy. It was exactly what I wanted. And it was perfect for me coming from Hawaii and being in a neighborhood where everybody knew each other and they accepted Mm -hmm. me and welcomed me. It made a huge difference in my life. Yes. And uh, so you would tell people to listen to those inner voices, those messages and, and things like that then. Right. I would definitely. And I would tell them to act on them. And I tell when people say, but what if I'm wrong? I said, it's okay because you get better over time and nobody's going to die. Nobody's going to bleed out. Like what I also ask people, what's the worst that can happen? The person yeah. tells you no, or, the, or it doesn't work out the way you see it. But if you just sit on the couch and don't move, you'll never know whether or not that unction was, um, you know, was actually a manifestation of something. And I think what the other thing I say to people is that, you know, when we look at even technology, our iPhones and our you and I are on, on Zoom right now, somebody yes. was sitting somewhere and imagined a video conferencing platform that people could connect to each other. That was somebody's vision, somebody's unction, somebody's intuition. And then they acted on it. Everything Mm -hmm. in life, the chair I'm sitting on and the carpet, you know, like you look around your life, it was everything was somebody else. Somebody's somebody had a vision that they executed. So why not you is what I say to people. Why not you? Why not you? And the thing is, is that a lot of people will discourage you and you have to stay true to your course. That's right. If you get an intuition that you need to be doing something, you certainly need to be doing it because many people, and you know, I'm one of them, is that I've regretted about not taking action. I've regretted opportunities that I turned down because I didn't feel I was ready for them. That's right. And you know, but a lot of people do that. It's what we do as human beings. We do that. You're listening to the Rhonda Grant show right now, whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by my sponsor, Symatrex. And today I am speaking with Linnell Green. Please let the audience know how they may reach out to you. And again, the name of your book. Great. Thanks, Rhonda. So the name of the book is Visionary Discipline. Mastering the Art of Getting Out of Your Own Way. And um, I'm really excited about this uh, book being out in the world. Um, And I always say I'm my first student. And um, the best way to get in touch with me is through email. It's Linnell at Linnell's Place. That's L-Y-N-E-L-L at Linnell's Place.com. That's the best way to reach me. And and also on that, on my website with the same name, you can also um, reach me there. Yes, thank you very much. Do you feel that you've been called or you've crafted your journey or a bit of both? Um, A bit of both. I think the part that I would say was crafted was where I listened. Like, you know, that that was that was on me to listen. Um, I definitely believe that I'm called. I I believe that since I was very young, that Mm -hmm. um, that I was always 
in leadership roles. I ran for office in elementary school and high school, college, always at the microphone with the commitment to lead and help other people expand their leadership. It has been my mantra um, as, so, as long as I can remember. So I know that was a clear calling, the leadership um, aspect of my life and, and supporting others and seeing that, seeing their leadership and seeing that they are there, that they are the CEO of their life. And it's up to them to lead and guide the direction of their life, um, that they're not a victim and they definitely are not a passenger um, on this ship, <laughs> that it's important that they realize that, that, it's, that you're the CEO, you're, you're, in, you're in charge over there. Whether mm -hmm. you take charge or not is another thing. This may be the first time that people are hearing this and they don't realize that they are the CEO of their own life. Such great yeah. teachings, such great teachings. You know, everyone is afraid, I think, before they start on a new venture. And I think that the people who make them do the things that other people don't are the ones who are successful. You've got, That's you right. have to really dig down deep and make yourself not watch television, to make yourself listen to a book, to make yourself write down those things, those thoughts that are coming to you. That's right. right. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that fear, Rhonda, you and I both, I mean, I know there you have fears in your life. I have fears in my life for sure. Oh, yes. But those cannot be things that stop us though. That's the difference. We, we are having, a, you know, saying I'm afraid is a way to be honest with yourself. Yes. But I also feel that that can't be a, it can't be a red light to stop you. It's back to what is courage, like being afraid and doing it anyway. Right. Being willing to know that going into that next domain or the next, that unknown area, you might be uncomfortable. You might be afraid, but you'll never find out what you're capable of if you don't go. Right. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. What extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? Well, I think we've been kind of dancing with it this whole time, Rhonda, and that is yes. how important it is to understand what you're called to do and to be willing to do what's necessary to manifest it. So manifest it in terms of your own focus, but also with your actions. I think that's the most magical thing. Um, and I, I tell people like things that you do right now that are easy, like maybe you ride a bike every day. You didn't always know how to ride that bike. At the beginning, you probably were falling. You might have some, you know, even a scar still left over from the first time you fell or maybe got hurt falling off a bike. But now you can ride the bike, hands up in the air, you know, pop a wheelie, do whatever. <laughs> but it all it took Break time. some toes. That's right. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> Broke a couple of toes. <laughs> but when we think about everything that we know, Rhonda, we learned everything. Yeah. Everything. We weren't born knowing how to tie our shoes or anything like that. So if we can keep that beginner's mind mm -hmm. as we get older and as we mature, as children, it's an automatic. But then we start to get smart. We fall a few times too many. We start to get apprehensive and and then we, we have these logical, you know, like we laughed about spreadsheets going on in our head about the pros and the cons and the probabilities of this, that, and the other, and other people's opinions and voices and, and what they think we should or shouldn't be doing. But if we could just own the fact that we keep beginner's mind 
keep our intuition alive and active and honor that that tuition by continuing to manifest and do the work. Life can be magical. Even when it's tough, it can be magical. Oh, yes. And when it's tough, it's easy to uh, give up. That's um, right. But when it's tough, it's a test to your character. I mean, things aren't easy in life. Um, but, you know, the more practice you get at it, the more you realize that there is a flow that happens with that when you start something new. And it's just like math or anything, right. science. Right. It's hard in the beginning, messy in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and beautiful at the end. That's a Robin yeah. Sharma quote, right? But yeah, so is there anything else that you'd like to talk to us about? Well, I do think that there's a there's a couple of things because of my business background. One of the things that I encourage people to distinguish for themselves is their own, especially if they're working for a big company, they mm -hmm. know their company's mission. They know their company's vision. They know the values that their company um, considers to be the primary values. But I think we don't take the same amount of time and energy to be clear about our own mission, our yes. own values, our yes. own vision, like that we allow have our own, um, you know, you talk about a customer's journey, that we're clear that we are our first customer and that we're paying attention to our own journey, that mm -hmm. we are the same way you walk in certain stores you can expect that the piano will be playing, that somebody's going to greet you within so many seconds, so many mm -hmm. minutes of you coming in the door. They have like a customer service standard that yes. they treat their customers. Well, we need to have that for ourselves. What is the standard that we actually honor with how we treat ourselves and treat the other people in our life? I think if we take the time to really do that thinking um, and actually embrace our own zone of genius as we do that. Everybody's not the greeter at the door. Some people are the masterminds behind the door. Some people are the ones playing the piano. Some people are the ones showing people the stock, whatever. Like you go in a, a I'm visualizing a, a department yeah. store. There's all of these people that have different jobs and all those jobs are important. And I think if we can embrace that as human beings that we all have a job while we're here, and if we can, the closer we can get to knowing what that job is, the better we can get at it. Kind of back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, Rhonda, about finding your passion. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes people are uncomfortable because they're at the door greeting people and they hate that. Like there's, they just, that they'd much rather be in the back organizing the stock by color and yeah. stacking the yeah. boxes perfectly in order. <laughs> and like, that would bring them joy to have order back there. They don't, they don't want to, you know, deal with the, the public that way. And I think yes. sometimes we dominate ourselves into trying to do the thing that that it looks like we should be doing as opposed to owning how we're organized and mm -hmm. what brings us joy. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we could say, I wish I would have, if we could look at ourselves in the future and look back over our lives and say, I wish I would have, mm. because it's not really sometimes for some people until they get older, that they realize how much time has actually passed and how what would have been easier for them younger is going to be a little bit harder for them when they're older. Right. And I think that if we lived our life 
saying, I wish I would have, well, what would have that been? If that you wish you would have done what? You wish you would have said what? And if you just lived your life in that mindset and not let yourself away with losing time. That's beautiful. Right? I, th I think that it would hit home to us a little bit better. Right? Yeah, no, I agree. Because time... It's, it is, it is an illusion. It just comes and goes and you're right. You get to 80 years old and you go like, oh my goodness, I should have done this. And I, I could have done that. And I think that, that taking constant inventory of where you are and what you see for yourself in the future and tending to that gap, there's mm -hmm. always a gap between where you are and where, if you have a goal, there's a gap, yes. there's things you don't know. There's things, there's people you don't know. There's stuff you need to learn. And I think being patient and kind to ourselves is also part of it because some of that, I wish I would have, people then get kind of, you know, they, they say things to themselves that they wouldn't let other people say to them, you know, oh, in terms of like self-talk, the negative self-talk, like you're a failure, you should have done, you missed that opportunity and on and on. Well, you know, when we talk about the past, it is the past for a reason, and it's important that we leave it there. We can look at the past for a lesson. We can lesson. look at the past to learn, but we can't stay back there in regret on what we did or didn't do. And so I think that's important as well, that when we think about what we wish right now, when we mm -hmm. wish, if everybody you know, listening wishes for something, that they look to see what actions do you need to take today and going forward to have what you wish for come true. Mm-hmm. And the visualization, I think, is really important because right. if you see yourself doing something, being somewhere, you're sending that energy out into time, out into the future, and all you need to do is just catch up to it. That's right. Exactly. And so right. you can take as long as you want or as slow as you want because you're envisioning it. You're in charge of your life. And a lot of people don't feel that way and, and take charge of your life, really. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. I've so enjoyed our time together. It was so much fun as well. You're such a great teacher. And, and there's a lot of lessons here for our audience, which I really appreciate. So thank you so much for being on the Rhonda Grant Show. A pleasure, Rhonda. Thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. Theme song for the Rhonda Grant Show is Sun on the Water, composed and performed by my friend John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant Show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rondagrantauthor.com. That's rondagrantauthor.com. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax.